Okay. Um, many of you have, um, I, I'd venture to guess, this is your second week of classes, maybe your third week at OU, and you have lived more life in the last two and a half weeks than you lived all in high school. You feel, it's just like, it's been a lot for you. Uh, you're in a new place uh, with, you know, all your peers living in the same area as you, thousands of people your age, and, and new classes, new things to experience, all kinds of things that you haven't experienced before. So there's going to be a lot of living in this next four or four plus years that are going to be at OU. So we're glad um, you're here because the topic we're doing this semester is called thriving or dying in college. Um, college can be a place of sadness, sorrow, loneliness, and I want to give you something that is so amazing tonight, something that you must hear that will make your heart smile. Uh, I believe you will consider, if you consider it, uh, maybe you're not convinced of all this Jesus stuff, religion, you grew up hearing it, but please uh, don't shut it out. Um, give it a fair shake. Let Jesus speak. So I will um, give you, I'll read the words uh, from the handout. It should be on the screen. I don't know. It's on your handout, at least in front of you, and we'll go from there and have a great discussion tonight. Let's, um, let's uh, get started. Hear the word of God. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Grass withers, flowers fade, but the Word of God shall endure forever. Let's pray and ask Him to be with us tonight. Uh, our Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we care about life. We care about this campus and our place in it. Um, we confess that if uh, merely a man um, speaks to us tonight, uh, merely um, books written by men, then we are uh, to be pitied. Uh, but Lord Jesus, if you speak to us, the resurrected one, uh, we will be forever changed. Uh, you will um, help our hearts to sing. You will, you will produce the fruit in us uh, that we cannot create left to our own. You alone can produce true and abiding, everlasting joy. We pray it uh, that you would do so, that you'd speak to us by your spirit, help us understand, help us to know, help us to believe. In Christ's name, give us faith. Amen. All right, so we're, gonna, we're looking all this semester at the fruit of the spirit. Now this fruit, like I said last week, is a super fruit, a super fruit, which, which has nine angles. And so we're going to go through week by week and look at all the components of this fruit. Uh, notice it's, it's in verse 22, it is fruit, one fruit. 
So if you are in Christ, you will produce the fruit of the Spirit, which embodies all of these attributes, love, joy, peace, etc. Tonight we're going to hone in on, on joy. Uh, following love is joy. Um, in college, if you're going to thrive in college, what is necessary is that you must grow in joy in life. Um, but that's a challenge because we're going to naturally find things uh, that we can control and we're going to make those things our joy. Uh, our appearance, our weight, uh, our books, our studies, um, who we can, who we can um, convince to like us. Um, those sort of things. Things that we can measure, things that we can look to, things that we can seemingly control our own health. But all these things uh, will be taken from us. We'll lose control of these things at one point. Then we're going to discover there's counterfeit joy there. And so I want to enter into this discussion thinking about um, joy. Uh, and I think the best way to do that is to tell you guys that I've been there. Uh, as an 18-year-old guy, I was, I was insecure just like I am now. Standing before you as a 34-year-old. Uh, insecure, grown a little bit, a little more mature, um, maybe a little more holy, but I realize I'm just as bad of a sinner, uh, and I've got a lot of sin. Uh, it needs to be crucified along with Christ. But here's the deal. Every morning when I was in college at SMU, uh, when I was a freshman, 18-year-old, I would look in the daily campus paper, and I would look to find, I would scan through there. Sometimes I'd do it rather, rather coolly. Sometimes I would rifle through it, you know, uh, but what I would look for is the crush party list, Okay. Now, I don't think you have these at OU, but uh, every sorority would, throughout the semester, throw a crush party. And, that, and what that meant is that girls could uh, crush four or five guys. Uh, every girl in the sorority could do that. And then so what you'd have is like a half-page ad in the Daily Campus paper uh, called the crush list, okay? And so you, as every 18-year-old insecure guy wanted to be crushed, okay? So that means if you found your name in this list of names... Then you can go to the, you know, your local Tridelt member that you know, or your local um, Kayo, whoever it is, and she would give you a wristband to go to the party. Okay, it was really cool. Okay, so to be crushed. Now, some people got crushed all the time. Okay, all the time. Yeah, you know, like um, Ty, the Fidelt who lived two doors down. Okay, like, he was always crushed. He was a stud. Okay, now like. For him not to be on the list would have been a huge shock for everybody, okay? Even, even when he did not have uh, a connection or know anybody in the sorority, Ty from Tridel, or from Fidel was always crushed, okay? Everyone was crushing on Ty the Fidel, okay? Um, now, I, I'm not the guy that, that always got crushed, okay? Ty was doing that. Um, I wasn't Ty the Fidel, so when I opened the paper and my name was on there, it was a great big deal. Um, I, so when I saw that first thing in the morning when I got a paper, I would um, go and maybe the rest of the day I'd be looking at that thing. I'd, I'd sneak a peek at it. I'd be in the, in the uh, mechanical engineering fluids lab, picking out the paper, looking, okay? I'd be in chemistry class, you know, kind of just looking at the paper. Uh, and in the cafeteria, I'm not sitting by anybody, I'm looking at the paper, okay? Because I'm studious, I'm reading the paper, I want to know what's going on in the current events. No, 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 no. I want to see my name, okay, in lights, okay? My name right there in the crush party list. Um, so wherever I am in class, back in the dorm, at lunch, I'd read my name. Uh, we all want to have our names on the list. We all want to uh, read our names. And so even though every guy acted like it wasn't a big deal, um, there aren't too many tie the five delts out there. Uh, and so for the normal guy at SMU to get crushed, it was a really big deal. 
Uh, and it was the same for the girls, okay? The fraternities had crush parties at SMU, and so they would invite the girls. They'd crush the girls, and so every girl wanted to be on the list. You see, senior name gave you a sense of status, a sense of acceptance, and a sense of warmth from someone who mattered, okay? A sense of acceptance, status, and warmth from someone awesome that you liked, okay? And I admit, it was rare that I found my name right there on that list on Thursday morning, but when I did, that name on the paper communicated status, acceptance, and warmth, and it made me grin. Just like when something unexpectedly happens to you that's great, you get this feeling, okay? And it's unmistakable, it's uncontainable, but a smile comes to your face because you've got joy. It comes to your heart, and right out of your heart, bleeds out on your face, this great big grin, and life is really good, okay? That's a good feeling. Okay, that only that joy comes from a feeling of acceptance, status, and warmth from a person that matters to you. And it is from somewhere outside of us. Note in the verse 22 that the fruit of the it's the fruit of the spirit, y'all. We cannot work up joy within our hearts, left to our own abilities. This must come from outside. It must be acceptance, status, and warmth from a person um, that matters. Okay, it can't be achieved through hard work. It's absolutely uncontrollable. But we, first point, we believe that joy comes through hard work. Now, I, I've told some of you guys this story before last year, but I, I'll never forget this day. I was walking across Lindsay. Uh, I was at the, I was at that very crosswalk, coming from the dorms up this way, and I saw a freshman guy. He was probably about 90 pounds. Okay. And he, and he had a, a big 20-pound dumbbell, okay? One dumbbell, 20-pound dumbbell. So I asked him, dude, what's up with the dumbbell, okay? Why do you have a dumbbell in your books and your backpack? Why are you doing this? He says he's going to take it to class with him and do one-arm curls while he's in computer class. He's like, I realize I need to get physically fit, okay? I'm in college, i got to get fit. So it, he had a plan, okay? It wasn't a great plan, okay? Like, it was an awful plan, but he had a plan. What's your plan? Okay, if you're not religious, maybe your plan to acquire joy is to get on the honor roll, um, to get in the right organizations and friend groups, the inner circle, or maybe it's more personal. Maybe it's to get somebody to sleep with you. Um, maybe it's to, to get a seemingly unending bank account. Maybe it's to get respect. Maybe it's to run a marathon. What is going to give you joy this semester? Uh, if you are religious, it could be some of those exact same things, which... Many of those are good things, uh, but it might be accomplishing a plan maybe to, to read the Bible, to do the quiet time this year, to get more consistent, to be a more integral part of your church or campus ministry. Uh, maybe you want to avoid temptation this year. You're going to get the lust, the drinking, and the cussing under control for real this time, y'all. Okay, that, that maybe you have those goals of getting it together, and you feel like that's going to bring you the joy. But that's a treadmill, okay? It, it is always a treadmill. If you treat those good things as ultimate things, the joys won't last, and they'll be taken away, and those things themselves cannot bring you joy. Never. What I mean is this, and let me, let's just take the one example I threw out there. Let's take the marathon example, okay? Uh, just, just in your mind's eye, just take a moment with me and imagine you're a mid-30s man, okay? You are 240 pounds. Um, you are an out-of-shape white man, okay? And you have a wife and four children, and you drive a minivan, okay? Imagine it, okay, if you will. Now, picture that you decided last January to 
set about running a half marathon, okay? And now picture that your 240 pound legs begin feeling like they're gonna fall off and your lungs are telling you to stop when you're on about mile number nine of a half marathon, okay? What do you do? Uh, well, picture this. You gut it out and run the 4.1 remaining slow miles uh, without stopping and you sprint the last 100 yards like everybody else does to the finish line and you stand there, okay? Now I wanna ask you, did the hard work of that mid-30s, uh, out of shape, campus minister, um, did the hard work that just made my body tired and weaker, um, did that really help me get joy? No, absolutely not. What really helped me to get joy was that there was a finish line with people there. There was joy there, that there was a finish line. Okay, what I needed to take joy in running in a marathon was a declaration, y'all. A declaration that the half marathon was finished. A declaration that the half marathon was accomplished. A declaration that the work was done. And that was there. If there was no finish line, there would be no joy in that run. That would be an awful run. If, there, if, I, if you set out to run a half marathon and you got no finish line, that would be terrible. It wasn't my accept, uh, you know, effort that I exerted that made me joy. I just, that just made me hate in life for 13.1 miles. But the acceptance and the status, that made me justified, okay? And it is exactly the same with Jesus and the gospel. The finish line declared my status. I can Google Oklahoma City Half Marathon 2013, and you can find my name there, okay? My name's in there. Okay, that is just so stinking encouraging to me. And it? encouraging to y'all. Um, and that's just an exaggerated illustration that the status we're all looking for, for which if we feel like if we work hard enough, we feel it's going to bring us joy. You know, you craft your tweets, you craft your Facebook statuses, you craft everything in order to get retweets and likes. And that doesn't, even if you're not on social media, you want retweets and likes. You want validation. We craft everything, text messages to gain acceptance with that boy or that girl, okay? We want warmth from people to be found important. And so the Bible is good news because it tells us this, that, that you are forever in, with good, in good with God, the Father, because of Jesus justifying you, okay? What that means is you can have joy because when, when he's on the cross, he says, it is finished, he ran the race marked out for each of us, and he crossed the finish line while you were running in place on the treadmill. You were getting nowhere, and he picks you up and carries you over the finish line. Okay, he swam the laps to get the gold medal while you were drowning in the kiddie pool. Okay, me too. Okay, we could never stand out before our God and creator with integrity and say we're good people. None of us can. Uh, but the joy of the gospel is that we put our trust in Jesus and God sees us as he sees Jesus. Therefore, the joy is in that Jesus crossed the finish line for us. And now God the Father can legitimately look at you and call you good. He says, you are good. If you opened up the book of life, you'd find your name printed there. Just like I looked for crush party list, my name right there. Because Jesus crossed the finish line. But you're not only getting the, the hookup through that enormous transfer of capital to you, that enormous credibility, that the street cred that Jesus gives you with the Father, um, 
But the Father in heaven views you as innocent, but he also views you as a son or a daughter. Um, if you were just forensically declared to be righteous or innocent, then I would, I would argue that that would not be necessarily enough to make your heart smile. It's warmth from a person that matters. The warmth that we're looking for from people, God the Father actually supplies that. There is a twofold blessing held out to you in Jesus if you believe in Him. It's that you're not only in good status with God, but you are called His child. Um, so essentially, it's like this. If, if, God, if you were to move into God's neighborhood, if you were to move into heaven, He wouldn't just be satisfied with you being in the neighborhood. He'd want you to move in with Him. <laughs> he would say, let's move in together. Okay, he wants, you, he wants you to take the next step with him. Okay, he wants you involved with him. He desires you. That's what's out. He's obsessed with you. He's more obsessed with you than a late 30s Facebook mommy who is constantly posting statuses about her children. Okay, you see those people in your Facebook feeds. They're all over the place. You see, we're all his favorites. He wants to take our messed up selves and grow us up like his boy Jesus. And where my patient might run out, my patience might run out with my kids, God has an infinite patience with all of us. He gladly sets us up on his lap. He reads to us. He throws the ball with us. He watches our dance recitals. He eats dinner with us, y'all, and he doesn't play with his iPhone. Okay? He doesn't check his work email. Okay? He's the good father. Okay? Um, he is all about you. Even though you're a person who should never be crushed, God crushed you. And it's written in the Bible. And it's captured in many places. So what I'm saying here is not just eschew all spiritual work. I'm going to say that what we really have to concentrate on is believing. That, that obedience can only take us so far. The hard work of obedience is not going to produce joy, but the harder work of believing is going to produce joy within you. And you're going to thrive the more you believe this truth. And so what you need to do is you got to put your, you got to read, you, I mean, I'm saying go read your Bibles. I'm saying go pray. And, and when you're doing that, you're going to see things that are amazing to you. Like this, just this week I was reading the crucifixion story. And do y'all know that when Jesus was crucified, he prayed, okay? And, and the people he prayed for were the people who were gambling over his garments, okay? Jesus on the cross stripped naked, y'all. And he is being crucified by these men these soldiers, and they are gambling for his clothes. And so he prayed over those people, and he prayed for mercy. Um, I, I actually kind of imagine it, and I, I, I would imagine it like this. You know, Father, if I, I mean, I'm thinking of putting myself in a place because I certainly don't treat Jesus right. Father, forgive Justin. For like a two-year-old, he knows better, but he doesn't really know what he's doing. He has no idea, actually. He's behaving like an Aaron Hernandez, Okay. I actually wrote that on my name tag. I had Catherine write that on my name tag. Aaron Hernandez. Uh, when he's mine, um, uh, this guy, he's mine, but he acts like Aaron Hernandez. I love him. I choose him. I'm bleeding for him. I'd go to hell in his place. Forgive him, Father. That's sort of a, that's about me. That's about you. That's not just about soldiers who gambled for his garments. It's everyone who sinned against God. Uh, it, and he loves us. Now, if you believe the cross is for sinners... For Aaron Hernandez is like me, and you, uh, then that really uh, that that really happened for you. That Jesus poured out that kind of love for you. Um, that's what is going to produce joy in you and me.
he put it all out there. And that's the only thing that's going to make your heart smile when all the things that you're trusting in are taken away. And they will be. So, Jesus loves you, he died for you, and the question is, can we really believe that on the day-to-day? Uh, can we believe that? Um, so, um, w- would you imagine, uh, as, as I do all the time, I walk down the South Oval, what if you ran into Jesus? What if you ran into Jesus? I mean, this is a really crazy hypothetical. What if, like, okay, so you're walking along, you see this mass of people, and there's Jesus, okay? Now, when I see somebody who smiles at me on the South Oval, I kind of think they might be a little bit crazy, Okay? Or I kind of think maybe they're, are they flirting with me? Okay, like, are they trying to overcompensate? Are they trying to be nice? What are they doing? Okay, like, it's just kind of odd when someone looks at you that you don't know and smiles at you. Isn't it? Isn't it strange? Well, what, do you think Jesus would smile at you? Okay, like, the people that are smiling at me don't know me. Okay, like, Jesus actually knows me. Okay, he knows me. Okay, and what the Bible's saying, if he's going to die on a cross for me, he's certainly going to smile at me. He's actually thrilled with me. He's obsessed with me. He takes joy in me. There's a verse in Hebrews 12, y'all, it says, it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross for his people. Okay, and so when you, you're going to blossom when you start to believe that truth. That smile in your heart is because he knows you. He knows who you really are. Guys, you're not the crud that you do. You're not all the sin that you do. You are His. You're His Father's. That's who your identity is if you're trusting in Christ. Who, your, the Father's love is for you. That's who you are. And so joy comes from the feeling of acceptance, of status, of warmth from a person that matters to you. And you see, that sounds nice. It sounds real nice. Not if you're Ty the Fidelt, but if you're me, if you're Aaron Hernandez, if you're you. None of us are tied to the dealt. We'd be shocked to see our names in the book of life. Shocked to see Jesus smile at us. We don't deserve that. Yes, we do. Because God's accepted us through Jesus. If God were to measure my righteousness, my name ought to be like Aaron Hernandez in my own place. But what happens is a transfer of my righteousness, or, to, or my, my lack of righteousness, my sin to Jesus, and His righteousness to me. It's a great exchange. That's the gospel. And my status of orphan to child of the king. That's what happens. And so, I don't have my, my pick, you see. I'm not the desirable guy. No one would have chosen me, probably. Uh, Meredith, uh, I'm happy, did. Uh, she chose me. Um, you know, Ty the Fidel's probably some pot-bellied, bald guy right now. It's been a long time since he was 18 and good-looking, uh, like you guys. Um, it's been a long time. Um, but what's remarkable is that the one who ought to always be crushed, who could totally crush anybody, wants to crush Aaron Hernandez is like me. Now, I've been saying Aaron Hernandez, you know who that is? He's a tight end for the Patriots who murdered some people. He's a murderer. Um, this is a big, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I haven't literally murdered anybody. As far as we know. I'm just as bad as this guy though. I've thought evil things. Um, we've all have, we all have sin. None of us look at, none of us could under, under, undergo the scrutiny of holiness. And so I want to I want to just illustrate that true joy comes through believing that God takes joy in me first, okay? And then that that when I know that joy, there's going to be an uncontainable smile in my heart that's going to make me different. I want to show you that just by this story that happened right right today before I came up here. So we're going to close with this. 
Um, so I enter the door of my house and there is a couch. I have like a, some of you have been to my house. I hope you can all come to my house sometime and enjoy a meal and just hang out with us sometime. We'd love that. Of course, you're all invited. Okay, sometime. Um, but we would, um, we, we have this kind of, what do you call this, a sectional couch, right? It's a, it's a, it's a kind of a J. Um, and so I get to the edge and I see baby legs on the floor, okay, around the corner of my couch. And that concerns me. I have a four-month-old little girl. And baby legs are just on the floor, okay? So I'm like, think, where's Meredith? What's going on? Okay, so I, and then, then, so I kind of panic at first, and then I, then I kind of creep up over there, see what's going on, and I hear something. I hear the patty cake song. <laughs> My six-year-old boy, Knox, is singing the patty cake song. You know, patty cake, patty cake, baker's man, bake me a cake, it's fascinating. And, she, and he's doing the hand motions with my four-month-old daughter. And I'm just watching it over the, I'm peering over the couch looking at this, and it is cracking me up, and it's warming my heart, that this is what Knox is doing for Lily, the baby. It is amazing. Now, I don't know, like, like what's got into this kid, but he, I mean, he, he's the oldest, and he's down, like, instead of playing with Legos, he has decided to do something that Meredith and I do with our four-month-old daughter because we take joy in her and love her and care about her. I don't know what, what happened here, okay? He's not playing with Legos. He's taking care of this little baby uh, and, and making her smile, okay? So, so baby legs there, squealing. She's loving it, okay? Um, playing patty cake. Why? Well, he's got the status. He's got the acceptance. He's the big brother. <laughs> he has nothing to lose. He's the big daddy in, in our house, right? He, he owns the place. He's the biggest one. He can beat people up, but he can also exhibit grace, okay? And he's exhibiting a lot of grace, to this little girl, this little baby. And I'm saying, like, that, that joy, that grace that can be expressed comes from acceptance, status, and warmth. And then it overflows into other people. The call, you guys, to thrive is to take joy in somebody. Um, and that can only come when you have a status that is unshakable. When Jesus dies on the cross for you, your acceptance is finished. It is complete, and it is never changing. And his fatherly love for you is final, complete, and never changing. If he were to walk in here today, and you're his, and your faith is in him, you would be smiled upon. You would be unendingly accepted with him and his. And that's beautiful. And that's the gospel, y'all. And so my call to you is not to do anything. It's just to believe that. And when you believe that, you are going to be transformed. And oh, you will never be the same. You will never be the same. You will thrive. You will prosper. And the, the gospel will go forward right out of you. You will look, you, you as a little one, okay, you say, well, I can't do anything. My six-year-old can't do anything, okay, to really make a difference, right? No, no, he can make a difference to a little one, okay? You, a little one, accepted of the status and warmth can make a difference. It's beautiful. So let's pray and we'll end it and sing one more song. It's great. Let's pray. Father, this is good truth. This is good to me. This is helpful to me. May you make this helpful to all of us. May you make this uh, thing, this, this truth draw with, up from in us worship and joy in you. May we sing our, our hearts out to you. Uh, may we dance and leap and be excited for you. May, may, the, may the smile within our hearts uh, from full acceptance status and, and gospel warmth well up within us and spring forward 
And may we, may, we, may we be joyful about that. May we have that exhilaration of finally being accepted, finally understanding and believing and resting in Jesus alone and not our own accomplishments for, you, for, your, uh, for our status. Would you transform us in that way, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.